Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Inside Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Coming up, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Me and LeVon discuss the Watson trade rumors and give you our thoughts on the situation and where we think he might land in 2021. We also take a look back at Super Bowl 55 and tell you what we think or who we think is Clemson's GOAT or the greatest of all time. Finally, we discuss Trevor Lawrence's Pro Day and why it was so important for the Clemson quarterback to throw in front of the NFL teams. But before we do all of that, college basketball and NBA seasons are heating up. And if you are looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on right now, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now we bring in the only reason you guys listen to this show, because it isn't for me, because the beauty of doing this podcast is I'm like one of the few guys that gets to do a podcast with an expert, a guy who played in the National Football League, played with the Pittsburgh Steelers, played with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, played in the Super Bowl, went on and played, well, also played with Clemson Tigers and was All-American and NFL draft pick, all those great accolades in the ring of honor. LeVon Kirkland, that's the guy I'm talking about. So that's the beauty, LeVon. That's why I love doing this podcast, man, because I don't have to go out all the time and look for somebody to come in and, and give me some expertise, man. You bring that to the table here on your own podcast, and that's what's so great about it, dude. Will, you are too kind, my friend. You are. But thank you so much. I am very humbled to be on this show with you, who I consider to be an expert, very excellent at what you do, and it just works together, man. I remember that meeting we had back in Jacksonville, and uh, you told me you're a Pittsburgh and a Clemson guy, and I knew I was going to like you right away. So, <laughs> and we've been having that friendship for that long, so it's it's amazing to be on this show with you talking Clemson football. Yeah, man, same here. And and I want to talk this because you are an expert. You have lived through what goes on behind the scenes in NFL and. What people forget about, especially fans, is that it's a business, right? I mean, it's a business first, Mm -hmm. um, and then it's a game. And, you know, I want to talk about because we haven't really talked about it much on this podcast, and that's the whole Deshaun Watson deal, right? Um, You know, there's more rumors out today of where he possibly could go, and and, and the president of the Houston, Texas, has now resigned. First of all, I want to get your opinion, LeVon, on all the stuff that's going on because, man, I've heard, like, some Clemson fans, and I don't agree with them, they, they've like they're really down on Deshaun because they're like Deshaun signed the contract and he should stay and all this but you know what Houston's got to hold up its end of the deal too and I think fans aren't really looking at that that they're not Deshaun is like you know why why make a guy stay at a place that's poisonous if you will um when when you know none of us would do that in the real world if we had an opportunity to leave a bad situation we'd leave it so why does he have to and so I want to get your thoughts on all the stuff that we're hearing and reading about going on at Houston and why Deshaun Watson is probably is, is looking to go somewhere else. 
Well, it's just like you said, Will, the, the situation in Houston is really not very good at all. And, you know, when you look at it, I can understand why a quarterback of Deshaun's caliber will be willing to leave because that's going to affect his career. It's going to affect the way he makes money. Now, I know that a lot of college fans, when they think of a team, they think everybody's supposed to be loyal, is team first, blah, blah, blah. But what I think a lot of fans may fail to realize is that a team can get rid of you at any time. They want to. They can cut you, let you go, regardless if you build a house or you got a baby on the way. They can let you go. Let you go. I mean, let you go where you're hanging. So it's a business first. And when you get in the NFL, you realize that it is a business. You play the game for fun, but you practice for the money. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to make sure that you're okay. And when you have the leverage that I think Deshaun has, you can make demands. And it's just, I think you gave the perfect example of if you're working at a job and it's really toxic and you want to leave, I think you have the right to leave. It's the same with the NFL player. I understand they signed a contract, but he's in a situation that he just doesn't like. And it's hard to play for a team that, that you're not happy with. And, and if you can get the opportunity to get traded, why not? So I, I see, I see where he's coming from. And when you are when you're a player in that situation, you have to do what's right for you. I was with Pittsburgh Steelers, but I guarantee you that last contract I got with them, I told my agent, I don't want to hear about us coming. You know, we're close. They're they're close. I said the only time I want to hear from you is when the contract is done. We already know the market. And you have to be that way. Then they then they start taking you a little more seriously. So when they knew I made that when I made that um, remark, they they knew that Levon Kirkland knew what he was talking about. We knew the market. We knew where I sat as far as backers were concerned. So we made that demand because we had leverage at the time. And as a player, you're not going to always have that kind of power. So we have an opportunity to use that power. You do it. And he has opportunity to do that. I think that the guy that we know is about winning and he's about making sure that, you know, he wants to be a champion. And at Houston right now, it's just going to be hard. And I don't know how many times he's gotten sacked, but it's a bunch. They got to correct that. And they don't seem to do that. And they haven't been great at it. So I can see why he wants to get out of this situation. I don't blame him. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And and you know, as I look at this situation, and you look at a guy like uh, Jamie Roots that was there, the president, who's a former Clemson Tiger, by the way, um, and um, played on the first national, played on both the first two national championship teams at uh, for the men's soccer team back in the '80s and '84 and '87. You know, he's been with them for 20 years. He's been with the Houston Texans as the president, and so. He up and resigns today, right? And so it's like, wow. That To me, that's a big statement because obviously here's a guy who's been there for 20 years, and he doesn't like what he's seeing, you know? Yeah. And and he's a Clemson guy too. And so now when you take it, if you're a Clemson fan, you got to look at this and say, okay, 
Well, here's Deshaun, a Clemson guy that all Clemson fans love and adore. We know that. But now you kind of get an understanding of what Deshaun has been seeing when the president now, a guy that was probably in Deshaun's corner, now he resigns. And so now Deshaun has nobody really there with him to fight this battle with him. And you can see why he wants to get out. And, LeVon, you know, when I, you, you just said this when you were talking about your negotiations with the Steelers, and I was reading, you know, I've mentioned this many times on this podcast, the, the book um, Jerome Bettis wrote his, which is, I think, one of the best books about shows the business side of the NFL. And, um, you know, these players, you know, they, they, they go through things that we can't even imagine as, as fans, what you guys have to go through as far as market value and things like that and, and, and how you're treated. And, you know, he was treated really bad with the Rams. It was, it was a very bad situation. We've talked about that. But when you, when you hear these different stories, then it gives you better perspective on why a player like Deshaun would want to leave because, A, if you're Houston, why do you want a player to stay if he doesn't want to be there? That's one. Right. And B, why do you want to make that marriage, force that marriage to happen? Because if you do, it's not going to work out well. So why not both both of you part ways? It's like a divorce, right? Like you it's know, just like what? Sometimes you know, sometimes it's just best that you go ahead, and you probably can have you could probably be happier if you're split up than when you are together. And that's yeah. where Deshaun and the Houston Texans are right now. It's so funny because I, I I think the same thing. Can you imagine that back in the day? People would not get a divorce, no matter how toxic the marriage was, because it was taught that you don't get a divorce, mm-hmm. even though common sense and being a critical thinker would tell you this is not good. And you see it for what it is. The more you look at it down the future, this is a bad situation. And if I stay in this situation, it's only going to get worse for me. So I have to do what's right. For me, I got to get out of this abusive relationship. I got to get out of this situation that's going downhill fast. And that, to me, what the Houston Texans are, they're going downhill fast. And it really kind of started a little bit when they got rid of Newt Hopkins. Mm -hmm. When they got rid of Newt Hopkins, you take away Deshaun's best weapon. One of the, what probably going to be one of the best wide receivers in the league, one of the best wide receivers in the league, probably be a Hall of Famer if he keeps going on the pace he's going. You let him go. And Deshaun is like, I don't have an offensive line. I don't have the things surrounding me, and we're not getting better. And there is no reason for me to stay in. There is nothing you can say that is going to let me make me stay in this marriage. Nothing. And even if I stay one more year, I, I still can't wait to get out. Now you're going to start sleeping in separate bedrooms if you continue to stay in this relationship. This relationship is not good for Deshaun Watson. And I would dare ask fans out there, if you're in a relationship that's a that's not good, are you going to stay? I know people used to do it back then, but nowadays you don't have to do that. You don't have to stay in a relationship that's abusive, that's toxic, that's mentally abusive you can leave you can walk away and that's what he's trying to do while he's young while he still can play quarterback at a very high level let me go somewhere else where I can be nurtured as a football player and and when you look at it that way it makes a whole lot of sense it does people forget Deshaun's only 25 years old just turned 25 so that means next year he's going to be a 25 year old quarterback 
throughout the entire season. So you're right. You know, there's no sense in him having to sit there in the prime of his career, which he is right now, mm-hmm. um, sit there and have to play on a team that's not going to take care of him, that's not right. going to do the things it needs to do to be successful. So now I ask you, where does Deshaun go, do you think? You know, you, you hear all kind of rumors and reports and stuff, you know. Um, where do you think, in reading everything you've been reading, that you think you might see number four go? Because I do think ultimately Houston will trade him. I think they're, they're going to get too good of an offer, I think, by somebody not to trade him. So what do you think you might see uh, number four playing next year? Well, I mean, you never know. And it's always going to be up to Deshaun what situation – is best for him. We can speculate and say, well, I think he should go here. I think he should go there. I like the San Francisco 49ers. And I like them because of what he's going to be surrounded with. They got a really good defense. Mm -hmm. They got some, they got some young, nice receivers. They run the ball very well. Shanahan is a very good offensive minded coach. And I think he can do a lot with Deshaun. So that's the first team. I can see him going with Deshaun probably will have his choice of going to whatever team. I'm sure there, there's a lot of teams that will like him. I, I kind of like the Colts a little bit also, but you wonder how much the Colts will have to give up for Deshaun Watson. So I, I like, I like San Francisco to be my number one team for him to go to. I mean, maybe Carolina Panthers because he'll be just a little closer home. That's just my preference. But I, I can see the 49ers. I can see a lot of teams that would <laughs> they would give away the farm for a quarterback like him because what we know in the NFL is that it's offensive driven. And you really, if you can get that special quarterback, you jump on it as fast as you possibly can. And he's one of those special quarterbacks that it was kind of funny when he was getting drafted people were trying to find everything they could why he wouldn't make a good quarterback. But I think people like myself and you, Will, Scott had everything, I thought, especially mm-hmm. the intangibles that you want. Whoever gets to Sean Watson, it will be worth getting rid of some first-round picks that, you know what, you don't know how they're going to pan out anyway. <laughs> people you know think like, but you know, you know what you're getting. So a lot of times people are like, oh, you give up a first. Sometimes those first rounders don't really they don't really amount to much. But if you can get uh, Deshaun Watson right now, you take him. You, you do. You really would. I mean, it's just like when a five star guy comes in um, to college ball, you don't quite know exactly what you're going to get. You don't. But Deshaun Watson is a commodity that. You saw it even in the even last this past season, the guy had a tremendous year. He still had a great year with everything that I mean, taking his best wide receiver, head coach gets fired, their defense is just god awful. He still had a great year. So yeah, I think any team that gets him, it's gonna be well worth it. And I, I look at San Francisco as being that team that should really be gunning after Deshaun Watson. I think that definitely makes sense with their, especially with their quarterback situation. Watson would be a perfect fit there. There's no doubt. Then I bet you 10 to 1 if that happened, that'd change Richard Sherman's mind about wanting to leave San Francisco because he's talking about maybe leaving and going someplace else. That's more of a contender is what he says. But that would change his mind, I, I think, in a, in a heartbeat if that were to happen. I look at 
three teams, and I'm going to say this selfishly as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, that I do not want Deshaun Watson to go to, okay? Um, one is the um, Las Vegas Raiders, almost said Oakland Raiders. Um, I forgot how much I hated the Oakland Raiders and the Raiders organization um, until the other day when I watched the uh, Pete Rozelle, Al Davis, uh, ESPN 360, Right. Um, which was very good. If you haven't watched it yet, go check that out. It, it's very good. Very educational if you're an NFL fan like myself. Um, so I forgot how much I hated the Raiders and why I hated the Raiders so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. Number two is I would not – and I know Clemson fans are like, what about Hunter Renfro and Clemson? I don't care. Um, I hate the Raiders, and I forgot how much I hated them. Um, number two team would be the Dallas Cowboys. Um I just hate the Dallas Cowboys because they're the rival of the Steelers. And I know people don't probably – modern fans don't know about that, LeVon. Oh, uh, yeah. But 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 when you look at it, somebody asked this question the other day um, on one of the radio shows that, hey, you know, Pittsburgh and Dallas are really the only cross AFC-NFC rivals in professional football. You know, there's no other – everybody else is sort of rivals in their own division or their own conference, right? Mm-hmm. But th- you can't think of another cross-conference rival than Dallas right. and Pittsburgh. And it, go- well, and it go- goes back to the 70s when they met in the Super Bowls and those two organizations. There's a book out that's a really good, great book about the two franchises and what they did for the National Football League and building it up. And so, obviously, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. And then the one that would be, please don't let this happen, but you know what? It's probably going to happen because I don't want it to happen and he's going to go to New England Patriots, <laughs> Bill Belichick, and uh, they got all those people who opted out coming back this year, and they get a guy like LeVon, excuse me, like Deshaun Watson, LeVon coming in, then all of a sudden the Patriots would move right back to the top of the AFC and would be probably the team to beat, in my opinion. Um, and then you could possibly see maybe a, a Patriots-Buccaneers Super Bowl, Brady versus Belichick with Deshaun Watson sort of in the middle pulling right. those strings. Um I would uh, I would hate that if it happened, but I'm telling you, man, because I don't want it to happen, it's going to happen. I'm telling you that right now. I don't know. I just got this gut feeling in my in my gut that he's going to be playing for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Now you're putting that out in the atmosphere. That's kind of funny, but you know that would be a dangerous combination. To be honest with you, you get yes, Deshaun Watson and what Belichick can do with defenses. Yeah. They're not that. The only thing about Belichick is got to get some wide receivers to go with Deshaun Watson. But yeah, that would be a, a, a interesting combination. Really would be. It would be. So, though, I, so I did it that way. A different perspective, right? Three teams you don't want to see get right. get get Deshaun Watson. So that's the way I did it, man. But we you know we got you know speaking of Bill Belichick and the Patriots, kind of want to get your thoughts, kind of a review because we picked the Super Bowl last week and and, and talked about it a little bit. No surprise, right, that the GOAT won another Super Bowl. I wasn't surprised at all. But, man, I want to tell you something, though. When I watched that Super Bowl, and you have been saying this all year during this podcast, man, and finally we saw somebody doing it. (laughs) A linebacker getting in the way of tight ends and wide receivers and taking away all that quick stuff that you'd like to see the Kansas City Chiefs do. Even though Kelsey finished with nine catches and all, those were the, probably the hardest nine catches, 110 yards or whatever it was he ever had in his lifetime because, man, they were making life hard for him coming off that line of scrimmage. They were. And that's what you have to do when you're going against a very good tight end is to make things come, you know, really hard for him to come off. 
and that he's going to earn all his catches. He's not just going to have a free release. And that's what he's been doing. And he's been kind of playing. They've been kind of playing a little bit of sandlot ball, too. Mm-hmm. But when you don't give him that free release, dude, he can't really do it as much. And I'm going to tell you, when people are downing defenses and they say that defense doesn't matter anymore, I put this on my Facebook. I say, when you have some dogs and they got the mentality and the physicality to play the game, especially those two outside rushers, you can play a cover two and be just fine. And that's what they were. They let their players play the game, read and react. They weren't going to allow them anything big, no big plays. Mm -hmm. They knew that Kansas City was going to be a little weak at the offensive tackle spot. And they just got after them. And Mahomes was running for his life. They really never adjusted of running the ball because they're not that kind of team. They're not patient enough to just say, hey, well, they're going to give us a running game. Let's take the running game. No, no, no. They want to go downfield because you know what? They do it all every game. And this game, they just couldn't get it done. They, Tampa Bay was not going to let them get anything big. They were going to shut out number 10. That's what they did. And Patrick Mahomes was pressing. He was. He was pressing. And even some of those balls that people say, well, they should have caught that. Those were were tough catches. (laughs) But you got to give it up to Ty Bowles and the Tampa Bay defense of what they did. Yeah. They, They totally, totally took it to them. And that's why on defense, you need players. You need guys who can absolutely get off the ball and play some football. Because when you don't when you don't have the guys, you gotta do gimmicky stuff. You gotta because you can't get there with your, your front four. Mm-hmm. You know, your pass rushers, supposed to be pass rushers, can't get back there. So you gotta blitz. But when you don't have to blitz and you can work with just your front four, it makes a difference. Now you can put more guys in the zone, and now it's going to be harder to get that ball into different places. And that's what Tampa did. It's simple football, but it sure worked. And I love some of the things they did where (laughs) they – they knew, like you mentioned, that they could get pressure with their front four, and they did for most of the game. But they also knew Kansas City had to make their left, the right tackle play left tackle. They had a new person playing right tackle. They basically had a makeshift offensive line, and they were trying to go up against this really, really darn good defensive front. So what helps to make it even worse? Well, you send a, fire, a double fire blitz where you bring both corners, and you're like, what? I mean, who brings both corners against Kansas City? But right. when you looked at the coverage behind it, oh, my gosh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant mm-hmm. scheme. What they did with their safeties after when they would bring those uh, when they bring those corner blitzes, and they bring them – one time they brought both, which I couldn't believe. But then they a couple of times they picked and choose when they would bring another corner blitz. I thought it was very well schemed. It was so great to see a defense dominate a football game again. And that's what they did because Kansas City did not score a touchdown. And now I'm going to give you a little bit of Super Bowl trivia. When's the last time that a team did not score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Hmm. This wasn't brought up. And I couldn't believe nobody brought it up. 
I have no clue because it hasn't been that way in such a long time. Maybe the Rams? Mm, no. When they play New England? I thought the Rams scored, but you might be right. The Rams did score. Did, 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 was it just field goals in that game for the Rams? I thought I thought it just had field goals. Oh, maybe that is right because I was thinking back to Super Bowl five when Miami only scored three points against okay. the Dallas Cowboys. But I forgot about the Rams because that was such an ugly Super Bowl. That's probably why I forgot about that one. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if they scored. They might have scored, but I'm not sure if they scored. Because that was a low, low scoring game. I think you're right. I don't think they scored a touchdown either in that game now that I think back to it. Yeah. But it doesn't happen often in the Super Bowl. And and to see Kansas City, who's the most explosive offense we have seen in this modern era of offenses, right? Mm-hmm. Not to score a touchdown, man. This guy – even though I'm not a Buccaneers fan, and I'm not, was happy to see it because, man, it's so good to see, as you said, defenses still can dominate a football game, even in this day and age when every role is geared toward the helping offense. That's right. And like I said, when you have the guys, you can be simple in your approach because now they got to they gotta drive it down the field. You're not giving up anything easy. You're not giving up anything big. If you look back at Kansas City – they normally get really big plays, really big touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has uh, a lot of time to work the pocket, to do his thing. He just didn't. And he's just like any other quarterback. When you put pressure on him, when you can hit him, they become average. <laughs> they become Now, they can sit back there and massage that ball. They're pretty good. I mean, you know, and you know, people talk about all oh, reading the defense. It's overrated. It's overrated. I'm gonna show you what I'm in, but I got some guys that can absolutely bring it. Now, what are you gonna do? And that's what happened. And like you said, it was good to see defense back again. It is, and I and I hope it stays that way for a while. I hope a lot of people pay attention to it. I think you're gonna see some things where going forward, Kansas City is gonna have to adjust because. I think Tampa Bay showed some – now, granted, they didn't have their offensive line. We understand that. But they showed a kink in that armor for Kansas right. City. And in a way, maybe you can slow it down and stop it. And so um, it shows, hey, don't worry about, you know, um, Travis Kelsey as much. Now, again, I go back, though, man, you called it. You've been saying it all year, man. Like, you've got to – who cares if you get called for a penalty? you gotta, you got to – hit that tight end you got to hit that receiver dragging across the middle you just can't let them go freely by you you know you know so when i saw that man i saw it over and over again i said levon's gotta be loving this he's gonna be loving this you know well yeah because i mean physically the game is still physical even though they're trying to i think the physicality has been kind of downplayed essentially football comes to one-on-one battles and being physical with the other guy competing against another guy. And what I've noticed that they just let tight ends just roam down the field free. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, that really causes a lot of uh, angst and causes a lot of stress on the linebackers and also the safeties. The one thing that we did in Pittsburgh, and I know this was 100 years ago, but it was so effective, and it's still effective now. You hammer that tight end and – it takes him away because that's the quarterback's friend. When they don't have anything deep, they're going to the tight end. But if you can bang him up a little bit, now he doesn't have a place to go. And also, I think it's crucial, too, whether you're playing 
a 425-34 or 4-3. You got to have two pass rushers on the opposite side that could absolutely get out the court. And if you have that, that's a winning formula against a team that likes to throw the ball a bunch like Kansas City does. I thought Kansas City would have been better if they, oh, you know what, let's let's run the ball. Let's establish the run a little bit better than what we're doing. Let's slow. Dude, we're in trouble. Let's slow this game down a little bit. Mm-hmm. They never did that. And it they just really got outcoached. And not only that, they got outplayed. Tampa Bay was ready for them. And that's the danger of playing a team that you've beaten before. Because when you beat them before, they're going to come back a lot better, a lot sharper, because they don't want to lose that game. So you, as a team that beat them before, you got to match their energy and match what they are. A lot of times when you beat a team, you're thinking in your mind, oh, we can beat these guys. Oh, we got it. And I guarantee you, as the game went along, before halftime, people probably thought, oh, Kansas City's going to come back. Mm-hmm. They're going to come back. I was like, they're done. After that, after halftime, I was like, oh, yeah, they're, 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 they're in trouble. They're in big trouble. When Fournette went for that touchdown, I was like, yeah, game over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, and, you know, and Tampa's talented on defense. They really are. They got a nice front. They got some really good linebackers. And those safeties are pretty damn good, too. Mm-hmm. So when you have a team like that, like I said before, you can be simple in your approach. You don't have to be exotic. You don't have to match up every defense with their offense. Let You know, we were good because we had guys like Rod Woodson on the team, you know, Greg Lloyd, Kevin Green. We had guys like that. So we could be kind of simple. <laughs> Let those guys just play and make plays. Sometimes it's just that simple. It's just let your guys play. Don't don't overload their mind, especially on defense. Don't put too much on them. Just let them fly around and make plays. If you can do that, man, you're going to be good. You know, we talked about starting off this segment. We talked about the GOAT, right? Um, Tom Brady went to the Super Bowl. So it got me thinking, man, like, you know, if you're looking at Clemson's history, who would be the Tom Brady of Clemson football? Who would be the GOAT of Clemson football? You got any oh. ideas off the top of your head? As far as, far as quarterbacks are concerned? Well, it don't have to be quarterbacks. It could be anybody. Who who would be the GOAT in your Ooh, mind? Gosh, the GOAT. Ooh, I'm, I'm trying to add some – I'm trying to look at some past guys too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think Deshaun – Probably mm-hmm. when he was at Clemson, I, can I do offense and defense? You can, man. Yeah. Okay. Sure, sure, do, you can do anything you want. <laughs> that is correct. Thank you for reminding me. I would take Deshaun Watson, and the reason why I think Trevor is ta- more talented physically than Deshaun, mm-hmm. but there was something about Deshaun that when we absolutely positively needed a play or a touchdown. He would deliver. Trevor didn't always deliver. In that Alabama game, that was classic Deshaun Watson. That was what he was all about. On the biggest stage, to drive the ball when you're down and you absolutely need a touchdown drive, he drove that thing all the way down the field and scored and threw one of the best 
one of the most historic touchdowns in Clemson history. So you got to put Deshaun up there. On defense, people are going to be surprised about this. And the funny thing is that nobody really, like, his brother is still more famous than him. I know where you're going. This is Michael Dean Perry. Yeah, I was Michael thinking Dean, the same thing, dude. Michael Dean Perry, as far as the GOAT is concerned, is the Clemson GOAT on defense. And, you know, and I play defense. And some people may say me, but I've watched Michael Dean. I witnessed what he could do. Michael Dean Perry might have been the best Clemson player of all time. Now, I know Brian Dawkins went on and went to the Hall of Fame, but I'm talking about during the time he was at Clemson. Michael Dean Perry, to me, is the absolute GOAT at Clemson University. The best player, I think, at Clemson University on defense. So I would take Deshaun Watson, Michael Dean Perry. Those guys are the GOAT. Dude, I can't believe, man, we are on the same page. I'm not surprised we're on the same page with Deshaun Watson. But you hitting Michael Dean, man. I was sitting here thinking when you said, let's go two players. I was like, okay, so the first one pops in my mind is Michael Dean Perry. I didn't even hesitate because Michael Dean Perry, and I will put this in Pittsburgh Steeler terms for, for some of the Steeler fans out there too. But NFL fans should know this also. Michael Dean Perry is the mean Joe Green of the Clemson Tigers, in my opinion. When you watch the way he played the game, how fast he was getting off the line. If people think Brian Brzee is good, and he is, don't get me wrong, go back and watch Michael Dean Perry play. He was better than the fridge. He was – I mean, Michael Dean was, what, a a six-, seven-time All-Pro? You know, Michael Dean's got Hall of Fame credentials too. Michael Dean should should be in the Hall of Fame. Michael Dean was an AFC – Defensive Player of the Year. They had a burger named after Michael Dean at McDonald's. <laughs> now, I can tell you a quick story and why I think Michael Dean is the best defensive player of Clemson Shoot. of ahead. all time. I was my freshman year, and we had a practice, right? Mm-hmm. And our offensive line was the Sporting News number one offensive line in the country. Okay, so they began practices, ones versus one. First play of the game, bam, Michael Dean hits the guy in the backfield. Second play of the game, bam, Michael Dean Perry hits the guy in the backfield. Third play, sacked on the quarterback. Danny Ford blew the whistle. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Michael Dean, get out of here. Get out of here. You're out of here. Don't take a shower. Go home. <laughs> and I was like in my freshman year thinking like, that's the guy I want to be. I want to be the guy that gets kicked out of practice for just absolutely destroying every. And we had like John Phillips. We we had Nunemacher. We had Granger. We had John. We, the offensive line was loaded that year. And he absolutely, absolutely at them for lunch. I witnessed it. And I was like, that's a bad man. And every time you see him get off the ball, he had the quickest get off you would ever see in your life. Michael Dean Perry, to me, was the best defensive player that ever stepped in Clemson, ever stepped in Death Valley. 
And now I would say that Chester McLaughlin was probably the most talented defensive player, especially on the defensive line that Clemson has ever seen. Okay, I know you got I know you got the guys, the uh, the Power Rangers, but nobody, and I mean nobody, was more talented than Chester McLaughlin. But Malcolm Perry to me is probably the best player to ever play. No, and I love that. And, and, the, and the reason why I use the Mean Joe Green analogy also is, is that Clemson would slant Michael Dean. Remember, they would slant him yes. over the center, same yeah. way the Steelers did. And, of course, Mean Joe invented uh, that technique. And so um, – and Michael Dean played it as well as anybody. I mean, the way he could play it. And no center in college football had an answer for him when he was lined up that way. He and, just blew and, people off the ball. And the funny thing was people didn't pass – as all the sacks he got, people didn't pass the ball that much. Nope. That's what I mean. Now guys get a lot of sacks, and everybody's like, "Oh, oh, oh." But in our era, they didn't even they didn't pass the ball that much. Can you imagine what Michael Dean Perry would do with the offenses they have now and the pass happy offenses they have? Mm. My goodness, it would be all over. With. Vic Beasley would have never been able to catch his record. Not at all. Not at all. I, I'm telling you, that's how good he was. He he was tremendously good at what he did. So yeah, I would like to. I would like to see if anybody would debate us on who's the best player ever on defense. I think some of the young people would probably want to throw in Christian Wilkins and those guys. And I get it. I mean, that's that's recent history, so that's fresh in their minds. Not close. But but it's not close if you watched you watched those guys play versus those other guys. It's not even close, man. And it's um, you know, Michael Dean was just his his technique, his his explosiveness, the way he played the game. You know, as you mentioned, he wasn't the most talented guy. Nope. But he was so doggone good. And it was just amazing to watch him play the game. And I just, you know, I love watching him play um and play that the the way he played it and and how dominant he was. Um you know, uh, he went in and broke all his brother's records, and, and William Perry was considered – and William was a beast. Don't get us wrong. William was oh, yeah. a beast too. But he he shattered all of William's records, and there's a reason why, because he was a better player, had better technique than William, and actually worked harder than William. And, yes. and William would tell you that. It, you know, it's so it's disturbing to me a lot of times when I would see people go with the Dean and they would ask about his brother. And I know because his brother got a lot more fame than he did, but I'm just like, you're talking to Michael Dean Perry. I mean, you got to pay homage to that man. I, I think people tend to forget what a great, great player he was. And I was there. I witnessed it, especially his senior year, what he did. I mean, ACC play, defensive player of the year. Yeah, he was. They could not stop him, man. He was unbelievable. By the way, he was ACC Player of the Year. That's at a yeah, time when they didn't right. have Defensive Player of the Year awards. Yeah, he won ACC Player of the Year. That's Award. right. He did. Yeah, so that's that right. Puts a little different perspective on it. That you know, he outplayed the quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers, and became a he's a defensive guy. Got Player of the Year in the conference. That's how dominant. Michael Dean Perry was as a college football player at Clemson. And he went on to play, have a dominant NFL career as well. Which is so underrated, what he did in the pro game. It's so underrated. But, you know, a lot of times, though, sometimes you get street cred, you know. And I guarantee you, the people that played against Michael Dean, they know who Michael Dean was. 
he got a lot of street cred. He might not have got a lot of accolades as far as the media is concerned, but he was a way better player than William, even though I love the way that William he was he kind of set the bar with a three hundred pound guy. Now William Berry was from yeah, William changed the game. He changed the game at three hundred. I, I was like, that dude is the most athletic three hundred pounder ever. Uh, so, but Michael Dean was special in this way. But you know, I know people look at Trevor. Trevor's going to be the number one guy. Trevor has all the tools. But man, if I had to pick one quarterback, it's Deshaun, man. This yeah. <laughs> it's Deshaun because I know that he's going to get it done. He's going to get it done. He won't need a long – he could drive it down the field on you whenever he wanted to, and he was going to make it happen when Clemson needed the most. Have you ever seen a guy that when man, we absolutely – dude, we need a touchdown. <laughs> That's how I measure my guys is when you can break – when you can know that we got a minute and – Minute and forty something seconds left. We need to. We need this touchdown for the national championship. I take. I take Deshaun every single time. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent on Deshaun Watson. Also, um, Deshaun just has that. You know, I remember right when he came in in um, his freshman year, Vic Beasley and those guys were talking to us. And at that time, Dabo has a rule until a player plays. He can't talk to the media if he's a freshman. He's got to play first before he earns the right to talk to the media. So we couldn't talk that whole offseason to Deshaun, obviously. So right. we had to rely on what the others were telling us. So, obviously, LeVon, what do you do as a writer? If you, you go over to what? You go to the defensive side to ask yeah, about they, this guy. You know, they can check. The defensive guys are telling you. Exactly. Who's the best, who's the best offensive guy? So I remember we, we went over to Vic Beasley, and we asked Vic Beasley, um, who – that he had the All-American year that year, you know, one of the first, uh, number eight overall pick in the draft. Um, so we asked Vic that year. We said, Vic, you know, what do you, what do you like about this kid, Deshaun Watson? He says, guys, I'm telling you, this guy's special. He's different. He said, I can't explain it. You know, it's just something you got to witness and see for yourselves. But he's just a little different than anybody else we had. And he makes us instantly better. Mm-hmm. Because he's in the game. And he says it's not necessarily what he does on the field. It's more how he carries himself. And, and, and so when you're sitting there, you're like, okay, what, what does he mean? Then when I first saw it, like, you know, I remember, Levon, I was in Athens. I was on the sideline pregame watching him warm up. I have never had this moment to where, again, with anybody, and I've watched a lot of college football, right, covered a lot of college football, I never had this moment where I'm watching a guy warm up. And I said this, and you can ask one of the, the writers, I said it to uh, Hale McGranahan. Um, I looked over at Hale and I said, you can just tell he's an All-American. Mm-hmm. You, you can just tell. It was just the, it was warm-ups, LeVon. It was warm-ups. I mean, this is all this was. You know, I hadn't seen him play yet. This is just warm-ups. And I'm like, you can tell he's an All-American. And right. sure enough, he went on to prove me right because he went on to do what he did. But I, I thought it was a Georgia. I, I, I thought it was a touchdown pass he threw to Georgia when he yeah, first Georgia. got out there. Sharon it was it was between the linebacker and the safeties. I mean, it was well played. He just dropped that thing right on in there, and I was like, "That guy needs to play more." <laughs> I was saying to myself, <laughs> "That why are they playing that guy?" 
why is why isn't he playing more? I, I, I really did. I mean, they came to their senses and they were just like, okay, we're gonna have to put him in. It was just like we had Cordell Stewart at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Cordell Stewart used to light us up in practice. I mean, we could we couldn't guard him. We could not guard him. And it came to a point where I think maybe Dick LeBeau or maybe Coach Cowher realized we're wasting this guy. We we got we got to put him on the field. He may not be the starting quarterback, but we got to put him on the field. And he immediately made a difference for our team. He made a difference. I mean, we were better instantly. Put him at wide receiver. We we started doing the five wides before anybody started doing the five wides. Yeah, I remember that. It, and automatically we were better. It was like, oh my God, this kid is special. It's the same thing when the shot when he threw that pass. I was like, Lord have mercy, this kid is good. Why isn't he playing more? And I knew it had to be okay. We, you know, sometimes in college you get caught up with he's a senior and all that stuff. But man, from that point on, when he started playing, you could just see the difference in Clemson football. It was a different Clemson football. We finally had that quarterback. And, I mean, Ty's boy was really good, but Deshaun was on another level. Mm-hmm. He was. And it was it was beautiful to see. It really was. It was just beautiful to see. It was. He, he was something special to watch. I'm, I'm glad I got the privilege to watch him play and, and to cover him and to see him now doing what he's doing in the NFL and um, well, as we talked about earlier, we'll find out where he ends up. So now kind of brings us to speaking of quarterbacks, and we've mentioned his name a couple of times. Trevor Lawrence is um, going to have, uh, you know, people listening. If you listen on Friday, you're at that time, they'll already or already have had his pro day. But Trevor Lawrence is going to have his pro day on Friday at the Poe Indoor Practice Facility Clemson because he's got a torn labrum in his left shoulder. So, Levon, I find it interesting because – I don't think Trevor Lawrence has got to prove anything to anybody um, because he really doesn't. I mean, he's the top pick in the draft. I think everybody will tell you that. Um, And this is his non-throwing shoulder, so he doesn't really affect his throwing shoulder at all. Maybe his mechanics a little bit when he gets back, um, but he'll work that up and get that cleaned up, I'm sure. So why is he throwing the football um, tomorrow? Is he he doing it to help out his buddies, Cornell Powell and Amari Rodgers? Is that maybe what he's doing? It's kind of a – Kind of helping those guys out more? It could be. Maybe, you know, he's getting advice that go ahead and get this workout done. Make sure you can, you know, sign your name on the first, I mean, the first pick of the draft. I don't think it's really necessary for him to do it, to be honest with you. I don't, but maybe he feels a little comfortable going out there before he goes into the surgery. So he will get it out the way first. So I see that logic. But in a lot of ways, when you're a guy like Deion Sanders, you're a special talent, you ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. They already, trust me, they already saw the film. They see what the film is like. I think a lot of times it could possibly hurt him in a lot of ways. Uh, just because it's not a throwing arm, it may have something to do with his follow-through, his mechanics, that could really be worse. But – I mean, maybe they know best, and, you know, the guy is uber talented. So, I don't know. I'm a little puzzled myself. I mean, I think I would have maybe waited or not do it at all. 
I'm a man. Don't don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, you know, you've seen other quarterbacks. They not have that. You know, they they not throw it all at the combine or anything. There is no combine this year. So, you know, I, I, one guy, one of my friends told me he says maybe it's a situation where Trevor is more of a um, he's just that kind of tough guy, you know, and he's like, you know, he didn't have to play this season, but he did. Why? Because he loves to play the game. And so maybe this is one of those situations where Trevor's just like, you know, I like doing anything I can with football, and I'm not going to get to play, do a pro day at Clemson because I might have surgery. I want to have my pro day. I want to at least experience it. I want to throw the ball. His point was this is typical Trevor in the sense that he just loves the game of football and he's going to play it no matter how hurt he is. You know what? Trevor's a lot tougher than I originally thought. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why I always think it's so much is better for you to make sure I'm sure you can relate to this as a reporter. You know, you always got to check your sources, man. You, you, you do. You can't just take somebody's word or look at a dot com and think like, oh, that's the gospel. That's true. <laughs> Twitter said and, it was true. It's got to be. Yeah. And I think like. As he went along in his career, you can see the tough guy. He's a lot tougher, and I think I think he's kind of a trash talker a lot more than what people would think he is, too. Mm-hmm. This guy is tough as nails, man. I think whoever gets him, they're going to be really happy with him. This guy can do it all. And I can see him going out there to prove a point that he's the man. He's already the man in my – I mean, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in his pro career, but – as far as the best player in college football, I would like to see you argue with me that he's not the best quarterback. If somebody says he's – so I think Joe Theismann said that yes. they wouldn't – he wouldn't pick Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, okay, dude, you just not have watched football in a long time. What have you, you been just, doing, Joe? Uh, <laughs> you just being contrary to, to be contrary. I think he's a Notre Dame grad that's just mad that Trevor Lawrence beat his Irish like a pulp twice in his career. <laughs> but if you were listening to this great show that we had, you should have known that was going to happen. <laughs> we, we basically told you that it was going to be a beatdown, and it was a beatdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so Joe, Joe Thiesman probably um, didn't vote Trevor for the Heisman Trophy either. I guarantee it. Um, but we, quick story about Joe though. We used to have a running joke when I, we were playing that he was be, he was a color analyst, mm-hmm. and Joe, he would always find a way to compliment himself in yeah. a uh, in a broadcast. So he'll say something like, "Oh man, that's a great throw by Steve Young." You know, there's only a few quarterbacks who can make that throw: Joe Montana, Steve Young, and myself. <laughs> <laughs> so we will always say that anytime any quarterback would do something great, like he would scramble for 10 yards, you know, he would say, oh, man, there's only a few quarterbacks who could do that. Randall Cunningham, <laughs> Steve Young, and myself. <laughs> so he, did, he, he didn't know what he was talking about back then. He doesn't know what he's talking about now. And nobody loves Joe Theismann more than Joe Theismann. That nobody is loves sure. Joe Theismann more than Joe Theismann does. My goodness. And, and uh, you know, I know our boy, uh, Mr. Bostic out there, Jeff Bostic, uh, 
played uh, was a center for Joe, and I think he would agree with me and you on that. What do you think? Uh, I think no question. No question where he was just like, yeah, I'm the best quarterback. i tell you what, man, that's a great Super Bowl win. You know, there's only a few quarterbacks who had great Super Bowl wins. That would be Terry Bradshaw, Roger Starback, Starback, and myself. <laughs> Yeah, was, yeah, you're talking about the Super Bowl with Riggs, was, with John Riggins was the guy who won it all. <laughs> yeah, he'll say, oh, man, it's a great Super Bowl. i tell you what. <laughs> great quarterback play, man. There's only a few guys who could have done it that way. Troy Aikman, <laughs> Brett Favre, and myself. Well, Tim Beret, I don't know if you know the story. Tim Beret's told it to me. Um, so Tim was there, or no, Tim, Tim, you know, worked. He wasn't there when Joe Theismann was there, I don't think. So, but no, he wasn't because that would have been too far before. But Tim worked with the um, – came up under the former SID at Notre Dame, who's a legend over there. And um, so Tim told me the story that Joe Theismann's name was actually Joe Theismann. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they changed it to Joe Theismann so he would be – so it would rhyme with Heisman so he, he could help his Heisman campaign. That's really how his name – I'm like, so that's what I told Tim. That explains it. What better way to inflate a guy's ego than to put him up there with the name Heisman Trophy like that? The name I, I, I that t- way. I'm gonna tell you, Will. There's only but so many marketing geniuses in, college, in, in football. Deion Sanders, Hollywood Henderson, <laughs> and myself. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff, man. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, so arrogant. I mean, you could, you could just. I mean, it just came off. It really did. It really did. And I met Dion Sanders, but I like Dion because Dion was very authentic. He Dion wasn't a brush you off kind of guy. He would talk to you, but that Joe Thousand boy, he thought he was the man. He really did. But I guess you have to be that way. I guess so, and he still thinks he is. But he's crazy, like you said, if he doesn't think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the NFL draft. he's He hasn't watched college football in a while if he hadn't. I mean, that's just – I'm sorry. Well, 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 I'll tell you what. i tell you what, there, Will. There's only three GMs that I think are really great GMs, and one guy's never been a GM. <laughs> Bill Polian, <laughs> Ozzie Newsom, if, if, and myself, if I was ever a GM. That's how good a GM I would have been. If people could only see our faces every time you start doing that impression. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, why we keep laughing and doing it Uh, because it's great. Uh, But no, it's uh, uh, trying to get my thoughts back here, LeVon. Uh, That was pretty good, man. You got me crying, dude. Uh, (laughs) So, um, but no, but to to get back to it though, in all seriousness that, you know, Trevor doing this, you know, throwing on Friday, I just think, you know, personally, I think he's like – he knows he doesn't have to do it, but I really think this has to do with Trevor, just who he is. We talked about Deshaun and why Deshaun was so great, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things Deshaun was so great was because he always liked to build up his teammates, and right. he always wanted to help those guys out, and he did. And Trevor is the same way in that regard. And I, and I really think there's something to it. Like, Amari and Cornell had great senior bowl weeks, right? I mean, right. they did. And then they finished it off with a great game. And so now they're on everybody's radar. Well, what way to keep ever, um, keep them on everybody's radar than to go to Trevor Lawrence's pro day and they catch passes for Trevor Lawrence? So those GMs 
and and all, I think all 32 NFL teams are going to be there. Now, yeah. only three or four of those teams know they're going to get Trevor have an option to get a chance to get Trevor Lawrence. Only one mm-hmm. really does. So they're not looking at Trevor, right? Those other 27 teams aren't looking at Trevor. They're going to be looking at Cornell Powell and Amari Rogers. That's who they're going to be looking at. So well, I tell you what, opportunity for those guys. I tell you what, it is a great opportunity for them. There's no question about it. I think that this is a way they they are on the radar. They're not going to probably be highly picked draft guys because you can get them later. Mm-hmm. But for them to go out there and to catch the ball very well, I think is only going to be a plus for them. But I tell you who the guy who should go is the Galloway kid, the mm-hmm. tight end. If I'm if I'm Allen or one of those guys, I'm going to that pro day too. Say, hey, throw me a couple passes so I could be on their radar as well. So, yeah, I think if you're a guy who's trying to get noticed, what better way to get noticed than to be on Trevor's? <laughs> on Trevor's day. What what would you call that? Because there's absolutely nobody else who has a day like that. <laughs> and the bad part is, it's, it's during a pandemic that this guy gets to have his <laughs> own game day experience. I mean, like, that's I'm sure true. that I'm sure that everybody's going to be out there. I mean, all the guys on game day, Marie Taylor, all of them going to be out there to cover <laughs> one yeah. <laughs> One guy. No, that's true because if you think about it, like when Joe Burrow, you know, had his workout last year, you know, he did it at LSU. It was LSU's pro day, and he right. was just a part of LSU's pro day. Clemson's going to have their actual pro day on March 11th, where yes, all the guys will have that opportunity. So Trevor won't be in that pro day. So Trevor's having his own pro day, and I know it's all about his surgery. It's all about the shoulder. We know that. But who else does this? And Levon, you might see it start to trend. You know, people think, might start saying, "Hey, look, Trevor Lawrence did it last year. Why can't I have my own day?" Yeah, I mean, I think it will. It's <laughs> it is the funniest thing that you I've I've ever seen in my life. I probably will watch it. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people are going to watch it. And I, I don't think my ES- job tells me to. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think ESPN would even do this if it didn't make sense. Yeah, it, it actually makes a lot of sense to see this guy do his thing. And, so and, I, I just think that it's hilarious that a guy has his own day, his own day dedicated for him. So it's going to be Trevor's day tomorrow. Friday is going to be Trevor's day at Clemson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's going to be like a holiday, right? I guess so. You can make are there going to be people? Day. Are there going to be people tailgating <laughs> at this Trevor's day? You know, Levon, if it was a normal year, I guarantee you there would be. <laughs> uh, if it was – think about it. If it wasn't for COVID, there would be people out there tailgating who can't actually get in the building. That you, there's no doubt in my mind there would be. There's there'd no be, doubt. There would be past superstars that played at Clemson. It'd be, it could be a red carpet. They should do it at night. <laughs> they should do it at night, have the red carpet, everybody's there. Would you go? <laughs> You're a Clemson legend. You go. <laughs> Uh, you know, they'll probably invite guys like the recent guys. I'm not I'm not ever on that radar. I'm just – I'm a legend, but, you know, I'm not that type of legend that they're going to invite to the – you know, it's up to ESPN. They're not going to invite me to that kind of function. There'll be guys like Newton Hopkins there, Deshaun Watson will be there, Brian, Brian, uh, Brian Dawkins will be there. 
Uh, Taj Boy would be there. Oh, definitely even, Taj. Uh, he's everywhere. Then he is. Uh, C.J. Spiller would be there, even though C.J. <laughs> is coach. He'll be there. Uh, who else will be there? Uh, Will McClain will be there. Yep. <laughs> they Adam have Humphreys. him. There. Adam Humphreys. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Christian Wilkins. Yeah, they have those guys there. Oh yeah, uh, that that'll be a hodgepodge of Clemson yeah. stars. Right, you know. right. I and would the, be there though. And the fans would all be there and you know, and they get out and they're like, Oh, Tosh, you know, yeah. ah, you know, yeah. and everybody go crazy and right wave to the crowd yeah. and all that right. good stuff. And so it, it could really have been like the it could really have been bigger than spring game, I think. No, there's there, there's no doubt. It's it's put, crazy. Put some rise out there, put a Ferris wheel out there. You know, a mini roller coaster. Well, they already got that funny looking thing in front of the building. I don't know what that is in front of the football <laughs> practice facility. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. I apologize if you're listening. You're the person that made that. I apologize, but I still haven't figured that thing out. I've tried. Yeah, I've tried. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'm so I'm telling you, man, it would be so huge if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, it would. The band would be out there. The tiger would be out there. It'll be like they probably have a key to the city. Trevor Lawrence Day, and unveil his statue that day too. Yes, and the thing about it, Levon, all this you know, we say it in jest and we're joking, obviously, but you know he is having his own day. Yet he didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Hmm. He's 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 the premier player in the draft. He's the premier player in college football. Yet he didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Makes no sense to me, my friend. Makes no sense. Yeah. Well, we can blame that on COVID because, you know, he was in that situation <laughs> and he couldn't play. But, yeah. I mean, it's just like – I tell you what, though. Would you rather – let me ask you a question. Would you rather have a guy who wins the Heisman or the team continue to win championships every other third year? You, you weather in national championships every day, in and out. Yeah, man, forget the Only at South Carolina they want to win Heisman trophies over national championships. See, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather, you know, I think when we win, somebody wins a Heisman trophy, oh, my God, I think it's going to be the downfall of Clemson University. So I'd rather just keep winning championships than win the Heisman trophy. I actually had a friend of mine back in high school when we were in high school and we were arguing what was better. Heisman Trophy or national championship. And he actually told me the Heisman Trophy was better. And I laughed so hard. He was a Gamecock fan, or still is. I laughed so hard at him then. And that was with Clemson only having the one national championship, right? And I'd be like, man, what are you smoking, dude? Team championship comes before any individual award. I don't care if George Rogers won a Heisman Trophy. Whoop-de-doo. I don't care. You know, um, a national championship, I'm going to take every day and Sunday. Every day, uh, no, and you're a fool if you don't do it. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. Now, if you're a South Carolina fan, you can do this. You can trade in all your other national championships for one football national championship. <laughs> Would you do it? You talking about the equestrian national championship? The equestrian <laughs> national championship. Which do you call it a national championship when there's only like five teams in the country? <laughs> I guess Alabama didn't football all those years, so yeah. maybe so. <laughs> now, who has who the uh, now? That's an interesting question. Who are the other universities that have it? Is uh, who have that 
who has that besides South Carolina? Equestrian national championships? Equer- yeah. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Has anybody ever claimed one? I don't know. You would think, like, I, this is these are the team I'm guessing, all right? Okay. These are the universities. Right. I would say Wyoming, right? Okay, because they have horses. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky should have one. Yeah, absolutely. Louisville. Louisville could have one. But, nah, Louisville's not going to have one. So, we're going to take Louisville off. We're going to say Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> uh, who else would have one? Maybe Boise. Boise State. But it's too freaking cold. Yeah, it's too cold. And they win the ho- football. Yeah, the horse is like, nah. <laughs> Their <laughs> horse is like. Boise State wins in football too much. <laughs> we'll yeah, take credit. <laughs> those horses is like, nah, that's okay. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're going to be a kickball champion. Uh, let's see. Other Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt would be a team that would probably be proud of an equestrian championship. Yeah, they you probably know. would be. But what uh, what other team would be proud of that championship? I, I can't. I can't guess. Uh, let's see. Um, Hmm. Could be Arizona? No, 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 no. Arizona? Well, I mean, they're not really good in football, so why not? Um, <laughs> Oregon State? That would Ooh, be a Oregon. proud equestrian championship team, it looks like. But it rains too much in, uh, <laughs> in Oregon, so I don't know if that would be a good spot. But I, I, I know Kentucky, or maybe Louisville, too. Maybe both of them have it. They compete against each other. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then and, and the Kentucky Derby is in is in Louisville. So, yeah, so. I, I see where you're going there. I, I just can't think of and Wyoming. They'll be proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, other than other than that, it's like five. It's like five different teams. That may be the five teams we just named. We just named them all, probably. So <laughs> you can you can claim one, and that's fine. If hey, look, if that's what makes you work, that's fine. You know, you yeah. claim it. Um, but I'm going to take football every day and Sunday. I'll take a basketball national championship, obviously yeah, as well. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, baseball. Yep, definitely do that. I think Clemson would love to have one, and that's something that those people down south um, have that that Clemson doesn't have. But that's okay because Clemson's got three national championships. The football kind of evens out, in my opinion. Um, so, or actually, I, it's better. They got how many national championships? We got a golf national championship too. So I think they got more. I think they have more national championships than what we. Do. Well, in the major sports, no, they got um, they got three. They got two and they got two in baseball, baseball one, one in women's. women's. Yeah, and then Clemson okay. has two in soccer. We um, do have two in soccer. Yeah, two in soccer and three. Three in football, in football. and then is it the one in golf? Remember and then there's one in golf. That's yeah, the, but that's not yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I would trade. I would, golf is a major sport. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a major sport. So, that's six. I count it. Yeah. It's more major than equestrian. Equestrian, I would have to say, we'll, we'll trade that one in. <laughs> we'll definitely give you that one, yeah. yeah. I had an argument. I had a, a talk with someone who's a South Carolina fan, and, they, and, and she was bragging on that one. And I'm just like, so horseplay is actually a – I don't think horseplay is actually a sport. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who does all the work? How can they claim uh, it as a national championship? <laughs> the horses do all the work. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing I've never. <laughs> we're, we're wrong. We're wrong for this. We're terribly we wrong for we this. We're out of bounds here. Um, yeah. 
Okay, um, let's get back in house. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but no, the horse does all the work, though. I mean, yeah. it's true. That's why I've never really understood why people get into horses. And, 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 and I understand it from a gambling standpoint, people get into it. But, like, everybody gives the jockey credit. I'm like, what did he do? All he did was sit on top of the horse and, and smack and beat him to death. <laughs> beat him to death. That's all he do did. You, <laughs> do you think in an alternate universe, the horses are like, I really hate this job? <laughs> I hate this job, man. I hate my jockey. I'm going to flip him the next time we get out there. Exactly. I, if he hits me one more time and, and I'm running as hard as I'm running, I am just going to stop and make him turn 50 somersaults in and the make air. His, make his, uh, what is it? Well, those guys are like, what, five foot one? Maybe yeah, they're short guys. Yes. They're, they're very short guys. But man, you think amazing. about the horse, dude. The horse is like, dude, you don't have to hit me. I'm going to run as hard as I possibly can. Could you please, for the love of God, don't hit me with that little switch you hit me with. I will run fast for you. I promise. <laughs> I'm with you, man. If I, if it was an alternate universe and I was a horse, I would not um, – this one job I would not want. I'd be like, yeah. you know, why can't I be a Clydesdale and just, like, you know, push the – Budweiser thing, you know, I'd love to do that. You know, that's what I would want to be if I was there, or just a horse that's out in Wyoming, as you said, just sits yeah, out there just on the running, ranch. just running wild and free, just running right? wild and free and eats grass. Yeah, yeah. My hair is my mane is growing long. <laughs> I, I'm just running wild and free. I don't want to be one of these that they put a curling iron and curling my hair and making me run all over the place. I wouldn't yeah, like that know, job. And you know what? I definitely don't want to do, Levon. What's that? We'll, we'll end this here with this. I definitely don't want to go to the University of South Carolina and be an equestrian champion. <laughs> when it's only like three teams. <laughs> we only had three solid teams. We're, we're iffy on the other two solid teams. You know, we got to do a whole show where we're bashing the Gamecocks. I think we'd have fun doing that. This is this is fun, man. I could do this all day. Uh, oh, yeah. We, we got so much material. We can go on forever and ever. <laughs> great. Well, hey, man, it's been it's been great, dude. It's been fun. Thank you, man. Uh, we we got to do this again sometime and bash the Gamecocks more and more. So we'll 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 plan for a whole episode of that. I think Clemson fans would love that. What do you think? You think they would? Uh, no doubt about it. There, there's no doubt about it. We we can go from paying the rent, I mean, to everything bad about the Gamecocks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later, buddy. We'll see you next week. We thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Please keep downloading and uh, leaving comments. We do appreciate it uh, for. Devon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. We'll see you next week on Inside Clemson Football with Devon Kirkland. Before you use AI to transform your agency, you need to begin with trust. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash federal. IBM. Let's create.